So as Mike said earlier, my name is Richard. I'm the new associate vicar here. I think this is my fourth, third Sunday? About that here. So if I haven't said hello to you yet, please do uh, come and uh, say hello to me at the end of the service in the teas and coffees at the end. And we're, what we're going to be doing this morning, my first uh, talk this morning here, is basically we're just going to go through the story that we've just heard read to us, and I'm going to be picking out some things along the way, because there's a lot going on in that passage. And it'd be really helpful for you just to have the passage open as we, uh, as we go through it. So it's on page 43 of the Church Bible, so please do keep it open. And as you're finding it, if this is your first Sunday here, you've missed what's been going on in this series, I'm just going to give you a really, really brief overview of where we are in the story. Joseph was uh, one of 12 sons of Jacob. And uh, Joseph was his favoured son of, of Jacob, despite the fact he wasn't oldest, and he was uh, treated as the favourite. And that made his brothers dislike him. And on top of that, we heard really quick whistle-stop tour. Uh, Joseph uh, didn't endear himself to his brothers on top of that either. Uh, he was a bit of a snitch. He told them that they weren't looking after his father's cattle properly. Uh, he also had some dreams. Now, they were dreams from God, but he rather arrogantly told his brothers, not once but twice, about his dreams when they were all bowing down and worshipping him. So with this hatred fueled in the family, uh, Joseph is, when he's isolated from his father, his brothers, uh, sell him as a slave uh, to some Ishmaelite traders who cart him off to Egypt, and that's where we pick up today's story. Uh, he's been sold as a slave uh, to Potiphar, one of the guards of the Egyptians, uh, who, and one of the guards in, in, in Pharaoh's house, in, uh, yeah, in Pharaoh's house, he's the head guard. And the first thing I would like us to notice in this story is that Joseph appears to have gone under a bit of a character transformation. He appears to actually be becoming a bit of a trustworthy person, which you wouldn't say about him uh, before. Remember, I mentioned he had snitched on his brothers in the opening part of this story. He communicated those dreams that he'd had to his brothers in a rather arrogant way. Yet at the start of this chapter, the events and the turmoil that Joseph has been through have changed him in a way that is a little bit surprising, actually, if you think about it. He's been taken away from his family. He's in a far-off land. He's been stripped of his position as favored son and become a slave. And yet, his character seems to have grown. He doesn't seem to have become bitter. And we begin to see God at work with him. God at work with him. And throughout this chapter, we see the phrase, God was with Joseph four times. God was with Joseph. Back then, the perceived wisdom was that God was with those that were successful. And here we have Joseph being a slave, a completely unsuccessful uh, career choice to make. Not that it was a choice. And yet we have this phrase, God was with Joseph in this time. And we see Joseph begin to grasp this and see this in his circumstances. And it begins to change him. 
And in verses 2 and 3 as well, we begin to see how this change of character when Joseph becomes trustworthy, the blessings that this has on others around him, and in particular uh, to Potiphar, this change of character that Joseph has doesn't go unnoticed. In verses 2 and 3, we see how Potiphar notices the way that Joseph works hard and whatever he does is blessed. And Potiphar gives him more and more responsibility. Over the years, I've been in the different churches that I've been in, it's been great to see the changes that happen in people when they know that God is at work in them, when they come to trust God more. I remember a story once that a guy... uh, uh, in his 20s, told me at one of the churches I was in. He'd been coming along to church for ages, but he had a really uh, powerful experience one Sunday. Uh, and he said he'd, he'd, uh, in that moment he'd uh, understood more deeply what God had done for him. And he remembers having a conversation with somebody at work a few weeks later. They said, what has happened to you, to him? And he looked a bit confused and said, what do you mean? And it transpires that in these few weeks after this event at work, everybody had noticed a change in this person. He wasn't angry. He wasn't swearing at people as much as he used to. He was working harder. People could rely on him and trust him to do the things he said he could. He hadn't even noticed. But because he'd realized more deeply that God was with him and he'd become to trust him, He had grown and changed and transformed. And I wonder if that's a little bit like what has happened with Joseph here. God is transforming him, and other people are noticing the difference that trusting God has made in Joseph's life. God was with Joseph, and it brought blessing to Potiphar, and Potiphar noticed. And it can be for us as well, when we learn to trust God more, other people around us notice, I think. When we trust God, God is faithful to us and will help us grow and become more the people that God wants us to be. Other people will notice and we can be a blessing and bring blessing to others just in the same way Joseph is here. And as I said, Potiphar... is not stupid, so Joseph is entrusted with more. You know, you don't get to be captain of the Pharaoh's guard unless that you have something about you, probably, do you? And he, Potiphar notices uh, God blessing Joseph's work and entrusts him with more and more and more until uh, Joseph is put in charge of his entire household. Joseph proved himself trustworthy uh, with little, and it grew and it grew until he had a position of authority and power. Yes, he was still a slave, but he'd been entrusted with more and more. So I was reading this, I was thinking, remembering one of the parables that Jesus told, the parable of the talents. I don't know if you uh, know that in the New Testament, but in the parable that Jesus told, a a master entrusts some of his servants with different amounts of money. And, on his, and then he goes away, and on his return, the, master's, the master calls to see his servants, to see if they had used what had been entrusted to them well. 
And the words he gave to the two servants that used well what God had given them was, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. And we kind of see that being played out a little bit here. Joseph as a slave started off being entrusted with a little, but as he was trustworthy, he was trusted with more and more. Now, it's not all smooth riding for Joseph, is it, in this story? There are ups and there's downs, and I'm sure lots of you know this story from seeing the musical or whatever. We know there's ups and downs. But in this story as a whole, I think you can see Joseph beginning to be faithful with what he had been given to prepare him for what was coming in the future. There's a few more tests of Joseph's character on the way. But here we begin to see Joseph as a trustworthy person, somebody that can be trusted with what he is given. And the next demonstration of Joseph's trustworthiness comes with uh, the temptation on offer through Mrs. Potiphar. I'm going to call her Mrs. Potiphar because we don't know what her name is. I hope that's okay. And Joseph manages to resist this temptation. Let's see how he did it. Let's see if we can learn any lessons on how to resist temptations from Joseph in this passage. Um, I'm going to be looking at verses 7 to 12 now. Uh, So in verse 7, we see Joseph described as this handsome man. And we see him propositioned by by Mrs. Potiphar. And she's quite blatant about it as well, isn't she? She just simply says, come to bed with me. You can't get more uh, unsubtle than that. And I wonder how many young, unattached, attractive men would resist an offer like that today, or even back then. An offer that would have brought uh, some kind of maybe even extra work benefits for on top of what he already had. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of something extra on the side for him. What could possibly go wrong? You know, and he had young man, hormones racing through his body. There's every reason for him to jump in and accept this, this free offer. Potiphar's probably not going to notice. You know, there was no one else around. Why wouldn't he take what was on offer? Well, I think there's three things that uh, we can learn from Joseph's res- response and how he managed to resist this temptation. Was first, he did it by recognizing he had some dependence on others. Every single one of us relies on other people to some degree or another. None of us is completely independent. And there's a recognition here on Joseph that that is important to remember. When we give in to temptation, it's going to affect our relationships. It's going to transform and it can damage the relationships of those around us. Joseph recognized the position that he was in, he was in, came because others had been faithful to him. He hasn't become arrogant thinking, oh, I deserve that little, that little bit of uh, extra cream on the top of my job. I deserve that because I've worked so hard. There's no arrogance in there. There's no boastful pride. Joseph is, says, 
all that I have has been entrusted to me. How could I go against that? He recognizes his position is dependent still on Potiphar, and he doesn't want to do anything that takes advantage of that or is going to break that down or put his position in danger. When I worked in IT, which was a long time ago, one of the things I couldn't stand about it was the office politics. People were so quick to get the proverbial knives out and stab people in the back when they weren't looking if it took, if they could get advantage from it. We see this in all kinds of uh, places. You saw it uh, a few months ago in, uh, played out in public, didn't we, when the uh, Tory leadership summit um, contest was going on. Michael Gove was going to uh, be Boris Johnson's number two. And then Michael Gove has this sudden new term thing, actually, no, I want to be the Prime Minister, and sort of turns his back on Boris Johnson. I'm not even going to comment on what's been happening in Labour because that's just <laughs> too complicated. People will quickly turn on others if they see there's an opportunity to benefit them, forgetting the relationships and the dependence they have on others. But Joseph remembers it in this moment. And it's one of the, the things that enables him to resist the temptation. And the second thing is, so he remembers the effect it would have on others. But on top of that, more importantly, he recognizes that actually by giving in, he would be sinning, he would be damaging his relationship with God. When I was reading this verse, or this, uh, this chapter, I should say, verse 9 really stood out for me. It was the one that jumped out for me. And I'll tell you why. Because Joseph has been telling Mrs. Potiphar how thankful he is to her husband. And yet, under all this, uh, what's happened to him, Joseph's uh, trust and faith in, in God has grown. And he says this. I'm going to start at verse 8, actually. With me... In charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns has been entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. And then this line, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against? And I was expecting it to say, Potiphar. What does he say? How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? What Joseph didn't want to do, he recognized his dependence on everybody else, but what he really doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to damage his relationship with God, this God who was with him and is being faithful to him despite his circumstances. God is the one that Joseph is ultimately trusting in this situation. God is the one Joseph cares about not singing against and it really struck me. And I think it's a real challenge and encouragement to us in our lives when we're tempted to do things wrong is to not just think about God on a Sunday, but remember God is with us wherever we are and think about how we can be faithful and trusting him in all circumstances and in all times and not want to sin, not because of the damage it may cause to others around us, but also because we value our relationship with God above all things. 
And Joseph knew if he did this, it would damage his relationship with God, and he just didn't want to go there. We'll do well to remember that throughout the week. And finally, the third thing, uh, uh, a third thing that we can learn from Joseph about having, having to resist temptation is learning to flee to get ourselves out of that situation when all else fails. Sometimes situations and circumstances come up on us despite our best efforts where things are going to be really difficult for us. Really difficult for us. So, and Joseph gives us the great hint of just running away. There's a wonderful uh, verse in the New Testament, like 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I didn't write it down. Is that right? Philip will tell me in a second. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to everyone. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. I've had some conversations with people in the past where people have fallen and they said, what could I have done differently? What could I have done differently? And firstly, after assuring them that if we have fallen into temptation and we're sorry, God does forgive us. We need to remember that, every single one of us. We have a God who loves us and does forgive us when we do wrong. But God doesn't, definitely doesn't want us to do wrong in the first place. And we've looked at that. What People have said, what could I do differently? I know the situation is going to happen again or might jump up on me again. What can I do? And often my reply has been, have you got legs that work? One of the things that God has given us is wonderful bodies. And God can give us the legs to just get ourselves out of that situation. Take yourselves away. If you're in that situation and it just springs up on you, use your legs. Get out of there. Get away from that situation. Be faithful to God. Use all the, what, all the opportunities you have to take yourselves out of that place. And that's what Joseph does here. That's what Joseph does here. So there's three things that we can do to help us when we are in situations when we are tempted. is recognize the damage it's going to record, cause in our relationships around us. Remember that it's going to affect our relationship with God. Keep God firmly in your mind at all times and flee from it. Run from those places where you think you may fall. So Joseph does all this, and what happens? Joseph ends up becoming a victim again. Trusting God and being faithful to God is not always easy. It doesn't give you an easy life God never promises his followers an easy life, and Joseph certainly doesn't have one here. Joseph ends up being a victim again, and it's almost a bit of deja vu, isn't it? Joseph is stripped of his robe, this time by Potiphar's wife, instead of his brothers. And this time Joseph ends up in prison rather than in a pit. Similar situations. And at the start, Joseph could have been held maybe a tiny bit responsible, but he was still a victim in the first. This time, Joseph has been trustworthy, and yet he's still, in the eyes of the world, been a victim. It's a real test of Joseph's character here. 
yet we still see he doesn't become bitter. It doesn't appear to become bitter. His character remains. He still trusts God. And in fact, that phrase, but God was with Joseph, remains and happens again at the end of this chapter when Joseph is in prison. And we see as well slyness, I called it in my hand out notes, the slyness of the guilty. How Mrs. Potiphar pretended to be all innocent. Twist the situation around to make actually the person that was innocent look the guilty one. It was really interesting. I was on some safeguarding training this week and uh, they were saying uh, that in a lot of uh, relationships that are abusive it's actually the one that looks all to the one that you would believe the one that looks the most credible is actually the one that is often the worst perpetrator in relationships of abuse and that's what we see here the world looks around joseph looks at potiphar and believes her where actually joseph was the true victim But as I said at the start about that parable, if you are trustworthy with little, God will trust you more. And actually when we take a step back, we are going to see that play out in this passage in the future. Joseph was trustworthy when he had lots and he's he's going to be trustworthy when he's got little as well. He's not going to be bitter from what he's had taken back from him. And God is going to give him more again in the future because he has been faithful even though now he's in that time where he is struggling again. He's in a position of being in prison. I just want to say this as I finish to to some of us here. What can we, no matter where we are, learn from Joseph in this story? And it's simply this. Trust God, be faithful to him where you are. Trust God and be faithful to him where you are. You might be in a time of plenty where God has entrusted you with a lot of things, a lot of responsibility, a lot of possession, a lot of time maybe. God wants you to use it well, be trustworthy with what you have been given. Some of you may be in a time where you don't have much but be trustworthy with the little that you have God sees that and actually if you haven't got much often that's the time when God is at work in you most that's certainly what seems to happen with Joseph here Joseph would never have chosen to become a slave but actually while he was a slave in that horrible time his dependence and his reliance on God seems to have grown. And he's become to trust God more deeply in that time. And as we are faithful, and as you are faithful with what you have, look to God to give you more. Ask what God may be wanting from you in that situation and wait for God and look for God to trust you with more as you are faithful. Amen.